All right, everybody, this is Jordy and Tiffany talking today about uh, emotions 101. So a combination of uh, emotional intelligence versus emotional uh, regulation uh, versus emotional control, emotional awareness. Um, there's a whole bunch of very different ideas out there about what emotions are and what we should feel and what we shouldn't feel and how we manage those. Um, so I guess in your experience in with your clients and, and sessions that you've done over the years, what's, where, do we start? where do we start? What's, what's the primary for emotions? Um, I think I would normally begin, um, because funnily enough, a lot of people come to me and not only do they have sort of troubles around their emotions and how they feel about them, but, but they have actually a lot of difficulty identifying them because we're not really taught that. I think they're starting to do it in schools a little bit more. But So basically people kind of come with um, happy, sad, mad, mm, angry, whatever it is, mm -hmm. right? Um, so what we want to do though is take, sort of demystify the idea of emotions Yeah. Um, and know that there is a vast spectrum of them. And so your emotions may not fit into any of those things, and that's totally okay. Mm -hmm. um, but the first thing we need to really talk about is the fact that um, that emotions are actually our friend mm -hmm. and not our enemy. And so we've been very strongly societally conditioned, um, and as a result in our family structures too, because of that, um, we are always conditioned to stop the emotion when it starts. Mm -hmm. As soon as, even as children, when we have a big emotion begin, yeah. what's the first thing we always say? You know, stop crying, yeah. or you know, it's not that bad. You know, and we've all heard the proverbial, "I'll give you something to cry about." Yeah, right. Um, but you know, in all seriousness, what we're beginning to do right at that point is follow that conditioning, mm -hmm. where our emotions are somehow wrong, um, and that over time gives us a really um, almost stunted experience of our emotions. Yeah. Um, and so if we're, you know, and we're constantly being taught, and this is even, it's, a, it's on such a uh, broad spectrum. Yeah. You know, think about even antidepressants and anti-anxiety drugs and yeah. all of the stuff that's out there. We're constantly being messaged that any big emotion we feel mm -hmm. needs to be crushed and stopped. And yeah. we should just be even all the time, right? And that's absolutely um, uh, the opposite of what we need to be yeah. doing. So when you talk about saying that, bring it more into schools so what are they teaching are they teaching the intellect side of you know what are the different emotions and that or are they teaching the awareness side mm -hmm. and what's what's the difference between knowing the variations of joy or happiness and being aware of them because they right so what like I guess my question is what comes first so you know if I know that I should be, you know, extremely euphoric because I got an A in school. Mm. Do I need to know that that's euphoric before I feel it? Or? No, no, I, I don't think so. I think it's a, it's again, there's all that chicken and the egg stuff, right? Yeah. But but even in that statement, um, I know I should be euphoric because I got an A. Even that statement. Yeah. Right. Because some kids that might not cause them to feel 
really excited or joyful or they're probably happy about it right mm -hmm. but again um, that in itself is a thing mm -hmm. right deciding what we should or shouldn't feel but I think what they're starting to teach um, and you can stop me anytime I go way off track oh, yeah, no, I no. do do that um, is there I see that they're starting to teach emotional um, awareness yeah. and and um, knowledge in that you know they use a lot more of the emotion wheels yeah. or even emotional emojis yeah because a lot of kids depending on what well, kids in general um, and at varying degrees depending on what your what your family emotional life is like um, they don't have the words so you know and even gr as grown-ups we sometimes have that experience yeah where um, you know sometimes I could be working with someone and they're, they're feeling something really big yeah. and it takes us a while because at first they actually don't have the words to put to that yeah. And that's okay too, but teaching our children that what the words are yeah. and how to start to um, uh, acknowledge what the, what those are and then use that. So it's an, that's an interesting question. You don't need to know what the word is to feel the feeling, right? So when you get into emotional awareness and you say, you know, I'm... Walmart, my four-year-old doesn't want to accept no to, at the candy bars mm -hmm. and starts freaking out. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm like, stop crying. Right. You know, and so that goes into the emotional regulation side. So where is that, where does suppressing your emotions become regulation okay. of the emotions? So what's happening probably in that moment is that the parent is now, what, what's the parent worried about Yeah. in that moment? What other people are gonna think? Trying to get their kid to stop having the tantrum? Yeah. Right? Um, qu quite honestly, in a lot of cases, right from the get-go, um, kids are gonna have tantrums. They don't know how yet. Yeah. It's, it's all so big and, and um, they actually have an advantage over us because when a child feels a strong emotion like that, yeah. they get a no, they're, they're rejected, they want the thing. Mm -hmm. So they have, this whole emotional body experience mm. and then it's over yeah so they haven't stored anything away in their little body what becomes then the more problematic for them is that you know when we try and stop that stop that stop that yeah you know and with anger a lot of people get angry and frustrated and all of those things and they're mortified and they just want to drag their kid out of there right because mm. it's embarrassing um that's when the kid will start to attach meanings to to that having emotions isn't really that safe, mm -hmm. right? So on the other hand, let's talk about the parent. Yeah. When you're talking about emotionally regulate, you know, sometimes that's really hard. You're mm -hmm. tired, you're frustrated and all those things. Um, but again, just being able to stop and take that pause mm -hmm. and be like, hey, what, what's really the biggest deal here right now? Yeah. Right? Is it that I need to um, stop feeling embarrassed or can I just let this play out and keep my, just stay calm and the no is the no and mm -hmm. not argue about it not engage and then um, move on from it does that make sense it does I just have always wondered what that what that varying is is teaching that there's a time and a place yes and you could see that's the thing you could teach that more so after the fact yeah right and, and soon after yeah um, when you start when you start to talk to your kids about okay so 
you know, when you get really angry or upset or frustrated, what can we do different? Yeah. And start to teach them those little things, and that mm. takes a while, right? Yeah. But it's like anything that you do with kids or animals or all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. In a training mo- way, um, you have to take the emotion out of it, yeah. right? So if you come at that with anger, then nothing's going to get done. And if you try and um, stop that child or teach that child in that moment, it doesn't matter because their fight, flight, freeze response has happened. Yeah. Right? So they're... They're not going to hear you mm-hmm. anyway. So when we talk about emotional awareness, so physiologically, like you just mentioned, fight, flight, freeze, what, with emotional awareness, I guess, what also happens, like, um, I guess with, you know, with adults that have been suppressing their emotions for years. Yeah. Um, you know, it does come out in other ways, but what's kind of, what do you see in those, those ways? Like what, what ways does it come out? Yeah. Um, I always say to my clients, you know, um, we can stuff those emotions away for a long, long time, but they will always trickle out sometimes trickle and sometimes boom out at the most inopportune moments. Right. So that can be things like, um, you just you know completely lose your temper over something quite small mm-hmm. or um, they come out in so many ways and usually they're a way of lashing out yeah right because because of all that is suppressed it needs to come out and so small things or or big things mm-hmm. will start to trigger that some people you know we there's a phrase that people use where what's your default mechanism mm-hmm. and so that has to do with you know whatever it is that you emotionally have suppressed um, yeah. and, and underneath that is emotional wounding right um, so a lot of us will have a default mechanism yeah. some people their default mes- mechanism is anger yeah so they'll lash out um, you know they'll be critical they'll be harsh they'll be hurtful um, some people shut down so they just sort of freeze mm-hmm. right and they don't um, they stop responding they just kind of like squish up inside yeah um, and then, so then, you know, that can lead into other things like emotional unavailability. Um, mm-hmm. But if we're just talking really basic stuff, um, some people will cry yeah. right away. Um, so they'll come out in a lot of ways and some people will be passive aggressive. Yeah. Right. So we've heard that term where you really have all this emotion and you want to say something or you want to express what your needs are, your emotion is, but, it, but, you, but you've determined somehow, real or otherwise, that it's not safe. Mm-hmm. So you find other ways to get at them. Mm-hmm. So do small things or big things that um, you know are going to bother them. Yeah. Right? Um, and it can come out in your gut yeah. um, in a huge way. I mean, what do we, what's the first thing we always notice when we're really stressed out or we're upset or we're angry or any of it? Yeah. Everything clenches. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we have stress and pain and um, uncomfortable feelings in there. So when you talk about, like me and I have had many conversations about um, whether it be having that fight flight response and the, you know having those gut feelings and everything else like that like um, you know they talk about you know 90% serotonin and that is created in the, in the gut and you know that helps regulate your emotions and your responses and all those kind of things so when you have that shutdown of 
you know, you start feeling that gut feeling. Um, how do you stop that? You know, because you want to be open with your emotions and let everything happen. Yeah. But how do you prevent it from, from getting to the to getting so far that it's affecting your right your your body yeah. right and um, all the rest. Um, so really, I think the the word I like is interrupt. So yeah. if we can begin by learning how to interrupt that process. Yeah. So, you know, whatever it is, you're at work and the coworker says something or your boss says something and you immediately feel that happening. Yeah. And so we, we all are actually quite aware of it. But but we have ignored we ignore that process and so generally what we want to get from back from is where we um, feel that huge emotion we become reactive. Yeah. Um, so whatever that looks like, right? So yeah. the, the very first step really to interrupting it is um, is to is to interrupt, stop the process and breathe. Mm-hmm. And when I say breathe, it can be any sort of way of taking a bit of space, right? Yeah. To be, you know, for example, if we're you know, if we're working on something and um, you want something to look this way and I want something to look this way and I you know, I've already got all this other stuff going on and I get frustrated. Yeah. You know, in Instead of being like, oh my God, Jordy, like seriously, what I would want to do is just, I just like pause and stop and take a breath and be like, okay, what's, what's actually happening right now? Mm -hmm. And that, that's the first step in emotional regulation because you want to, then you have to be able to sort of be like, what, what is happening for me right now Yeah. here in your gut? And that's usually our, our first indicator, Mm -hmm. even before sometimes we're aware of the emotion. Yeah. And then um, finding out what that feeling is. Mm-hmm. And then you can take the reactivity out of it mm-hmm. and start to think about your response. Yeah. Right? In the way that you could communicate it. Saying, hey, you know, if I took that moment and been like, figured out my own emotion, and then yeah. being able to say, hey, um, it, I'm actually really feeling like I'm not getting, I'm not getting this across to you, mm-hmm. or you're not hearing me. Yeah. Can I check in with you about that? Yeah. Right? That's a whole different conversation then. You know, Jordy, for God's sakes, are you not listening to me? You never listen to me. Yeah. Like, I feel like you just don't care what I have to say. And, yeah. Right? Because we all know that it goes that way quite often. Oh, yeah. Because, boom, you hit that button and you're, yeah. you're reactive, right? So, I know from my side with nutrition and, and digestive and everything else like that, um, at least with myself sometimes it's it's almost too late to put the genie back in the bottle mm. <clears throat> where you know it's um, I have to be I guess true to myself and let everything come up yes absolutely and okay. it's not always pretty and it's not always kind okay can I speak to that Hell yeah. um, so <clears throat> you're on the right track with that Right, because we do want to be able to um, express ourselves in the most full way possible. So the next step in that is so we want to honor what our feelings are and what we need to say. Yeah. Um, and we are human. We're never going to be perfect at this stuff, and mm-hmm. it's always going to happen. But but then the next step in that process is okay. I've got all this stuff, and I need to speak it. And sometimes I need to speak some hard truths, yeah. which you know you do, I do, especially in the work that we do with people. Yeah. Um, it's our language then. And where we're coming from. Yeah. You know, so if, 
if I need to give somebody a really difficult truth about their behavior, the way they're speaking, um, I check my language. And so never going to cross over into boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. Because what I want to convey is if I'm really wanting to express something about the way that somebody's behaving, is that kind of where, what yeah. we're saying? Um, then I just need to check my language mm -hmm. and stay, uh, stay regulated mm -hmm. in the sense that I'm coming from that sort of co that calm place, mm -hmm. that center place of being like, okay, um, Jordy, I feel like what just happened between us um, was really not okay with me. Yeah. Um, when, when you said to me, whatever the thing is, yeah. Um, uh, I feel blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. It really feels hurtful to me, and and um, it's not okay. And we need to talk about how that can't happen again. Yeah. And or what's actually going on for you? So yeah. That you would speak to me that way. Yeah. Or saying, calling someone on their other people behavior, like, you know, um, saying something like, you know, I'm, I'm actually kind of concerned. What's going on with you? Because the way that you just treated so-and-so or the way that you just spoke to so-and-so is actually not acceptable mm -hmm. and it's not okay. Because I find in our world right now, there is a push for greater emotional awareness and all that other stuff. But sometimes people use it as an excuse for poor behavior yeah. and so you know it's you know I'll use um, years ago I had um, a young boy in my gym mm -hmm. <clears throat> didn't have a great home life and it was his first session in the gym and we had a great session he was happy he lifted lots and his dad was supposed to pick him up <clears throat> and 20 minutes after the class, dad still wasn't there. 45 minutes after the class, wasn't mm. there. And finally, at about the 15 minute mark, the dad pops his head into the gym and tells the kid to get the F in the car. Hmm. And I remember seeing him just deflated. Right. Like this. Took all the goodness out of the. Yeah, everything that he was feeling about the workout and. Um, it just, you know, you know, so yeah. the next time the dad came into the gym, yeah. dropped him off, I purposely went out and said, listen, like, he was ready to tell you everything he did in the gym. He was excited about yeah. being able to share this with you. And, you know, you took that away. And it was, well, I had a really bad day. And so right. he utilized his emotions or what he felt for that day as an excuse for his yeah. poor behavior. So just if you begin an awareness around that and you're absolutely right in calling him on that. Yeah. We have to call each other on those kinds of behavior mm -hmm. all over the world. It's just how we do it. The way that you did is fantastic, right? Yeah. Saying, you know, why would you do that basically? Yeah. Um, and so you know, in that case, what he's doing is projecting as well, right? His yeah. own, um, you know, I've just got at the fire. Um, is projecting his own stuff onto his kid. Mm -hmm. But what he needs to sort of take away from that is um, you can't, no matter what kind of a day we have, what we're going through, what trauma we've had, whatever it is, 
doesn't give us license to be cruel or hurtful to other people. Yeah. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, you know, for him to to really realize, okay, I had a really bad day and now I just took it out of my kid. Yeah. And I made him feel. So, you know, that the the better way then maybe that began an awareness for him, I don't know. Yeah. But that's the process, right? Mm-hmm. Because we um, you know, I don't know what kind of guy he is all the time, but we all have those moments too where we're going to fall down. Yeah. What we need to learn how to do is the repair after that. Yeah. Very important, that repair part. Yeah. Right? Being able to go to that kid after and be like, oh my, you know, I'm really, really sorry. Yeah. I should never have spoken to you that way. No matter what's going on. Mm. That's not a way that you speak to someone you love, is it? Mm. Um, and, you know, here's, here's, here's why. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah. Could you tell me what you're doing with Jordy? Yeah. Right. So that's a learning a whole new way of regulating emotion. Like if you just looked at that example. Mm-hmm. So if, if for him to learn emotional regulation would be, okay, I recognize that I just had a really bad day. What do I need to do mm-hmm. right now to settle that out or um, find my way through it yeah. without taking it out on other people? Mm-hmm. Right. So with your practice and that, you know, and it's a lot of what you and I have kind of come together to look at is, is the integration of digestive health in that because you found yeah. a lot of your clients have yeah. digestive issues. And so when did you start to realize that, you know, it wasn't that they were crazy Right. That they were two separate things that they actually were combined. 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 Yeah. Um, probably pretty early on, but I think it was almost through my own experience that that really clicked in. Mm-hmm. Of, begin, of developing some ulcers and some other things like that. Um, where, luckily because of my background, I was, you know, I had the ability to say to myself, okay, what's going on here? Because... Because I also was aware of what stress, how it felt in my body. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's, that's one of the things that um, really was telling to me. And as I continued to work with people, and even with kids, right? Like yeah. I, I worked with um, um, really like at-risk kids for a long time. And they all had also, you know, and I, at the time you wondered, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I knew they weren't eating properly and all of that stuff. However... Mm-hmm. Um, they would always talk about stomach aches. Yeah. And in particular, I started to really notice as I was working with them, with families, with other people, mm-hmm. that when, when we would start to talk about something really um, intense for them yeah. and that they were sharing with me, um, the, their body would change mm-hmm. and they would feel it right in that moment. And being able to say to them, um, what's going on for you right now? Like, what are you feeling in your yeah. body? Like, because you look like this is, you know, you're for doing this now. Mm-hmm. Um, and noticing, you know, as I sort of um, evolved my practice into working um, mostly with adults, most people who come to me, um, especially when they're dealing with um, sort of like the anxiety, depression, um, not feeling good about themselves and not being able to stand up for themselves, um, they've also got been diagnosed IBS. Um, mm-hmm. All of the things, right? 
Um, and uh, as I noticed, and you know, it wasn't even purposeful, but I really began to notice that a lot of the times through the course of doing the work, as they began to um, shift some things for themselves emotionally and in their mental wellness, um, I would check in about, okay, so how, how is your IBS? What's happening there? And it would start to drop off, drop off. Mm-hmm. And I do have a number of um, specifically women who um, don't have those symptoms anymore. Yeah. They're actually gone. Not through any um, sort of medical thing that they did, like drugs or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they're taking care of themselves differently. Yeah. But again, it's, it, they're your, again, we've talked so much about how we nourish all of those pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Because the gut, um, is such an incredible impact. I mean, what happens when people, like a really easy example that most people would, could feel right away is if I said to if I said to you or to anybody who's listening, okay, so tomorrow you have to get up and make a speech and there's going to be 5,000 people there. Yeah. And you, you know, you got to make a, I don't know, 45 minute speech. Yeah. What happens? Mm-hmm. What happens to people almost immediately, except for those of you who really love it. Yeah. Right? Um, like you start to feel what, like, your gut clenches. You mm-hmm. can feel that what's happening right there. You might even feel some, you know, tightness in your throat and, you know, your heart rate might go and you're starting to sweat, right? Yeah. But that's all due to what your what your mind believes is, you know, going to be really scary for you yeah. or really stressful for you or any of those things, right? So we can see in that little instance how impactful that is. Mm-hmm. One is, it's interesting you bring up that example because that's, I use a similar example for people about, um, Becoming fit. Ah. Uh-huh. So there's um there's a gym chain that's across Canada and to the United States, and they all sell heart rate training. That is their key thing. Is that okay. you increase your heart rate and you can burn body fat. And so people come in and you know they work train with me and I regulate the body's response very specifically throughout the workouts to elicit what I ah, feel is, okay. is the goal. And so I'll get people saying, well, you know, my heart rate isn't really, really high. And I heard that, right. you know, if my heart rate gets going and the one I use is I say, okay, well, if I hand you a, a 500 page book, tell you, you have an hour to read it, yeah. there's going to be a test and you fail the test, you're fired. Hmm. And I say, well, what happens to your heart rate? What's well, going to go up? What happens to your yeah. blood pressure? It's going to go up. You're going to start sweating. Your respiratory yeah. rate's going to go up. And I'm like, all right, you're now burning fat. Yeah, right. So there you go. And they always laugh. And Just freak yourself out. Yeah. And, yeah. but I'm like, the body is a lot more complex than that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when we talk about um, gut instinct and feeling emotions and all that, since my surgery, I lost that capacity right. completely. Yeah. And um, in one of my own conversations with um, my psychiatrist about it, he was you know, talking about PTSD and all that. And he was curious if I'd ever, if I, if I've lost that gut instinct. Hmm. And yeah. I have. Huh. Like 100%. Wow. I, so I've had to compensate in my read of other humans, huh. in body language, verbal cues, wow. all those kind of things. And it's it's been... That's crazy. Because How, I, how does I, that even work? How, well, I mean, how do you... I mean, obviously, you have the wherewithal to kind of notice that. Yeah. But... But it's... 
it's I don't. So um, I don't feel anxiety. I don't feel those emotions. And it's been long enough that I've actually forgotten how those emotions feel. Mm, yeah. Like I can be angry. I can yeah. that. But that feeling of something bad is going to happen, that feeling yeah. of dread or that oh, I don't like this person. Mm, something doesn't feel right. right. That's all gone. Mm. And so when we talk about our journeys, when I started researching that parasympathetic system yeah. and how integral it is in producing your and regulating your responses to things. Yeah. And so when we talk about that emotional awareness and emotional intelligence, you know, and the gut's role, it's not just being aware of how you're feeling or but being able to read the play that your your digestive system is sending back. Yeah. Because it's I think initially we feel it as this like you would describe as that tightening. But really what's what's going on like um, we've talked about the mitochondrial mm-hmm. system and that the brain is number one digestive system is number two um, number three for women is re- reproductive yeah. number three for men is heart yeah and so when that parasympathetic system fires all of those mitochondrial cells activate and they communicate between those between those ag- that, ag- that axis okay so women will actually their second gut feeling is usually in the lower abdomen hmm. yeah. which a lot of women associate to be a gut right. instinct but yeah. it's actually a reproductive oh, instinct oh interesting and that's why you'll get similar to what my response is by losing my vagal system yeah. it's women who've experienced hysterectomies and that they feel uh, there's a disconnect yeah. emotionally. Yeah. Boy, does that ever make a lot of sense. And men who have had heart issues, the same kind of thing yeah. is that they've they lose that connection with hmm. with that, you know, and okay. I'm just gonna check it. Does it feel like it's sulky in here? A little bit. Oh, my eyes feel a little bit uh, yes. I don't know why. And we also woke the flies. <laughs> I saw this and I was like, what the heck? It's like the Amityville Horror. Did it stop? It did, but that's alright. It's all part of the process. Okay. So we're talking about the mitochondrial system and, and the, those energy centers and um, you know, yesterday we had that meeting with, with Jeffrey and we talked about gut biome and, yeah. you know, the axis of the gut brain axis. And I think that um, having that communication between those systems is very important. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also understanding that the body communicates as a whole. Yeah. Like when you step on a sharp rock, yeah. it's not just one small system that sends that signal. No. Um, it triggers that response through your whole 
body and you know, hover for two seconds so you don't step on the yeah. rock in, anymore and you know um, I always make the joke of when we put something hot in our mouth yeah we can actually make it hover in the center without burning right. our tongue like right. there's, there's this, <laughs> these physiological things that happen and I think we would be there's a disservice when we discount yeah. one of those responses and um you know, years ago, you would hear the term psychosomatic. Right. Or your your those feelings you feel in your right. stomach, they're psychosomatic, yeah. and it's not real. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's all in your head, and the reality of it is, it probably is. Mm-hmm. Because and, of that in, interconnection, yeah. right? And so we, I think that that, you know, when we talk about those emotional regulations and that, that emotional intellect, it's. Um, I think in my emotional intellect has two parts in my head. One is um, your dictionary terms, mm-hmm. joy, euphoria, fear, right. anxiety. So I know all of those, those terms, but I think there's also intellect physiologically mm-hmm. yeah. Of, yeah. of recognizing that when your gut sends that signal and, um, before I had all my surgeries, um, a friend of mine had passed away. Yeah. And I just had um, my, my ablation therapy. My esophagus was done. I was in pain all the time. Yeah. I couldn't eat, couldn't anything. And we were um, in sundry camping, and uh, Heather sent me a text saying, Have you seen Bobby's page? Mm. And I'm like, what? And she goes, you got to check it out. So I go on Facebook and there's all these, you know, sorry for your loss, all this kind of stuff. So I went up to the funeral. Um, it was in Northern Alberta. And I remember keeping everything tight. Right. Like holding I, it in, yeah, straining it. Holding everything in. Went through the service and... It wasn't until I put my arms around his wife to say I'm sorry that everything came Came out. out. And for me, um, that's one of the few times in my life that I actually felt my heart Mm. constrict. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we talk about that is that's probably the first time I'd ever truly experienced loss. Right. And it was formed. Yeah. To me, like the emotion was so painful, and I didn't know what it was. Like I, I knew. Yes. But I didn't. But you hadn't experienced yeah. it. Yeah. So that physiological, I the intellectual side of understanding that it yeah. was lost and everything else like that, but because I'd never experienced, I didn't have that physiological yeah. intellect. Yeah. Around yeah. it, and so, how do you? How do you increase that physiological knowledge? Yeah. Life experience, really, partly, right? Yeah. Because, again, um, we can empathize with loss. Yeah. Um, but just using, continuing with that example, you know, we can't really get a full f- awareness of it un- until we feel it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Sadly, we're all, we're all going to feel that at some point or the other, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, you know, e- empathy goes a long way. Um, 
in that process even if you have not experienced it yet yeah and so empathy is basically the ability to actually put yourself in another person's shoes Mm -hmm. and imagine what they're feeling right um so and that's not it's very different from sympathy Mm -hmm. right sympathy is like oh i feel sorry for you but not really yes right getting down there and, and understanding some of that so empathy can go a long way for us in um developing that um that physiological or um, emotional knowledge mm-hmm. around what some of the big feelings are. Yeah. Um, and then life experience, right? Mm-hmm. And again, this is why our emotions are so, so important for us. Mm-hmm. And they're not something we should ever try not to feel or, you know, I don't want to feel sad or I don't want to feel this. Um, first of all, we don't really have a choice. We are going to feel those things. Mm-hmm. And they're really important. Yeah. And they give us a frame of reference for our whole richness of our experience as human people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what we have to sort of try and do is stop, is change the meaning that we're attaching to those feelings, yeah. right? Um, and it's really interesting how you say even feeling your heart twist like that, because the the um, the heart is actually also called another little brain. Yeah, it yeah. has the same um, stuff that the brain has yeah. in terms of you know. The, um, and the gut, right? Yeah. There's transmitters, it remembers yeah. its memory. Um, and so, again, like you said, that's so important. Though we're focused on what happens here because this is a, one of the ways that it manifests really quickly. Mm-hmm. It is important to remember that, you know, every organ in our body has capacities and works in conjunction with the others, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so to, to actually start to increase some of that is... And, you know, it's, it's much easier to um, stay in that place of being able to empathize when we can emotionally regulate. Yeah. Right? Because if, if let's say, me, myself as a therapist, if um, I'm sitting across from a client and they start to um, have some intense emotion mm-hmm. and or tell me what, what they're experiencing and I can't emotionally regulate... I'm going to be, I'm not going to be any good for them, yeah. right? Because I'm going to feel all of that or get scared by it or, you know, just try to stop it, right? Mm. Because of what we generally do. Yeah. Um, I would be no good. But if you can learn to emotionally regulate, um, and it's like any other practice, it's not that, it's not, it's not horribly hard. We just have to begin, mm. right? Just beginning with starting to be aware of the fact that our emotions are that important mm. and starting to identify them, right? But that empathy then is much easier mm-hmm. because when you have a meltdown, let's say, let's say over grief or whatever, mm-hmm. I can sit next to you with you and be in that with you mm-hmm. without it sending me, you know, yeah. I'm still feeling feelings, yeah, but it's not sending me into something where, you mm-hmm. know, I need to change the situation or control it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, over the years I've heard people say, Oh, we should, you know, journal about your life or you know take time and I I wonder if some of that emotional intellect is is not necessarily journaling about you know you know the sky was a beautiful blue today and that kind of stuff but just saying is today I felt this and this is how my body responded and because I think that um for lack of a better, you have to intellectualize your physical responses. Yeah. Because it's like when you talk about that regulation, 
think the only way to process it. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and like when you say is being able to, to support others when they go through what you've experienced, if you have an understanding that this is how your body responds and mm-hmm. this is how you, then you have more awareness of it. If you, if you kind of just write it off in your brain as yeah. just thought, you know, happen whenever, whatever. Yeah. Then I think that you, you know, and we talk about like, you know, I've lived my entire life with digestive issues. Mm-hmm. And so I've, my physiological connection with my digestive system is ridiculous. Like yeah. I know the moment yeah, yeah. anything is going, going wrong and, you know, and knowing that, well, this is just going to, this feeling is just going to pass. Like yeah. it's a little bit of, you know, discomfort or emotional pain or, or whatever, but you know what, it's going to pass and tomorrow I'm going to be fine. Yeah. And, you know, like we talked a little bit earlier about is it's very easy for people to start feeling, getting into that spiral feeling poor for themselves, Mm -hmm. feeling bad about what they do and how they, they function and not recognizing that all of these things, some things will pass and like, I will never get away from my digestive issues. That is the reality. So I have to accept that, some points during my day I will be uncomfortable mm-hmm. and I think that and honoring what you need in those moments yeah right that's another important part of it where it's one thing to you know know that we're going to feel those certain ways mm-hmm. and that it's also we don't want to get stuck in that place but it's also important to honor that is that is it I don't know whether it's at least it made a beep well, how long are we at I have no idea Sweet mother of God, it's hot in here now. Really? Is that your battery? No, it should be. The battery says it's 73%. Probably around 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's 45%. So we can kind of wrap things up and then I can kind of edit it. So what okay. Do you want, what do you want to do as far as wrap up? <sighs> I don't know. Um, Maybe just a couple of things to for people to think about if they want to, for starting to begin um, awareness or even about their body because you were saying about journaling and that that's also a really good way too. So maybe and that's maybe what I'll do is I'll ask you about like so. You okay. Know, we've been doing these take a minute things. So. What, how do people every day take that minute? Okay. And increase their intellect and blah blah blah. Their, their emotional intelligence. Yeah. Okay. I've got to figure out why it keeps on doing that. Yeah. Might be a setting. Um, technical difficulties, but um, 
So, when somebody is trying to increase their emotional intellect mm-hmm. and their emotional awareness and all that, um, we've been doing these take a minute posts and because it's a very daunting thing for people to to want to sit down and journal because they get in their head that yeah. they're there, dear diary and right. all this other stuff. So what's something simple and easy that somebody can do every day to increase their intellect and, and their emotional awareness? Okay. So you, you do need to create some kind of a space where you can um, decide when you're going to take that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, or moments, right? Because obviously it'll probably take more than just one moment. Yeah. Um, and so that might be that might be journaling. Yeah. But not journaling in the way that um, that that you know so, sort of everybody has this idea about um, of writing out all your deep dark secrets and all of that kind of stuff. It's if if you wanted to think about more of a um, almost kind of a learning tool because when you talk about um, moving from emotional regulation to emotional intelligence what you're doing there is the difference really is that moving into emotional intelligence is that you start to have an awareness and understanding of what's underneath and driving what's happening with the the behaviors that come from the emotions not only for you but for in other people right Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a whole other category but so just to sort of begin, it would be, let me just take a moment. And generally, I think all of us have in our day something that's happened. Yeah. Whether we, it, it's been a really happy thing or a sad thing, you can ask yourself two questions. What was the best part of my day? Yeah. And start there and be like, okay, I, you know, this happened and I felt X, Y, Z. I felt, um, you know, I felt really hopeful. Um, and then just ask yourself why. Yeah. Why did you feel hopeful? That's it. Begin that. And what did I notice in my body? Mm-hmm. And the same for what was the worst part of my day? Um, and whatever that emotional experience might have been. Mm-hmm. And why? And what? where did I experience that in my body? How did that um, feel in my body? Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then, you know, that's going to start the process. Mm-hmm. And once you start it, you can't unstart it. Mm-hmm. So it'll start to happen when you're not even writing you'll start to notice, okay, um, and remember that, take a pause. Mm-hmm. Always take a pause when something's coming up for you and you start to feel this this thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever that looks like or feels like for you, it happens to everybody. Yeah. Take the pause, check in with self. Yeah. Move on, right? And, you know, as we go on, we can talk more about language and mm-hmm. how to respond and not react. Makes sense. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.